Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Isn't it good to be in church this morning? Amen. Isn't it good to be in church this morning? Come on. It's just awesome. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke 13, I want to share a a quick thought, and then we're going to uh, break bread uh, together. Luke 13, and I'm reading from verse 10. Luke 13, and I'm reading from verse 10. The Word of God says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit you would speak to all of us today. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom in the house to hear the word of the Lord. Father, above all else, we want to hear your voice, your spirit. Speak into our hearts, I pray today. Let there be faith to receive from you today, I pray in Jesus' name. We don't want to go through the motions of another service. I just pray that there would be a sense of expectation in our hearts. That as we hear the word, faith would begin to rise. And we would be ministered to this morning, Lord God. That we would get a greater revelation of who you are and what you want to do in our hearts and lives today. This is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today as we prepare to break bread on the subject, be set free. Be set free. Our text begins with the words, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. Uh, What's interesting is that Jesus began his ministry teaching in a synagogue. After being baptized and then being led in the wilderness for 40 days, after being tempted by Satan, Jesus goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath. And then they gave him the scroll and he begins to read a passage in Isaiah. The passage says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good use to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus said to this group that was there in the synagogue on that particular day, He said, This scripture is today being fulfilled Uh, before your very eyes. It was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now in the text that we read, and it's believed that this was the last time that Jesus was actually in a synagogue, uh, he again uh, is there uh, teaching this congregation. And the Bible says that a woman was there who'd been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. The, the Greek text or the original text actually says she was, she was kind of double bent over. This was quite a, quite a serious illness in her life. We don't exactly know the condition that she had, but she, we do know that she was severely crippled. This woman had this condition for over 18 years. 
And she could not straighten herself up. When Jesus saw her there in this, in this, in this group that had gathered, Jesus sees her there in the group and he, and he calls her forward and he says to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Jesus had previously said, when he began his ministry, he said that he came to proclaim liberty to the captives and here was the fulfillment of this particular prophecy in this woman's life. The Bible says, and then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and began to worship God. Today, as we prepare to break bread, I just want to share a few thoughts from this simple message. As I was reflecting a couple of weeks ago on what I might share today, in my mind, a picture of this woman just, just came and I just couldn't get it out of my mind. And I want to just share some very simple thoughts that come out of this text. My prayer is that it would, it would stir faith in our hearts this morning. That this Sunday morning would not just be another Sunday morning. But that God would speak to all of us and minister to us at the deepest part of our lives. There's a number of quick principles I want to share. The first thing that we learn from this story is that there's more than one way to be crippled. Bible says that a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. The passage is speaking about a physical crippling. And one of the ways that we can be crippled is physically. Might not be the condition that this particular woman had, but we can struggle with physical sickness. We don't understand how debilitating physical sickness is until you're actually sick. We, we don't appreciate health until we lose the health and, 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 and we go through a season of sickness. And there may be some of you here today that are going through one of those seasons yourself. You've walked into church and you're struggling physically. You have a condition, you have a sickness, and you struggle with this every single day. You've been to see specialists and doctors and no one really knows what, what the issue actually is or if there's even a cure for whatever it is that you're going through today. If that's you today, I want you to know that we serve a God that heals. Can I hear an amen? I, I, I want you to know that we serve a, a Jesus that is able to minister even to us physically. That one of the reasons why he came was to heal the sick. We can be crippled physically. We can also be crippled emotionally. We might be physically whole, but emotionally or in our hearts and in our minds, we can be crippled. We can be crippled with issues from the past, with habits, with hurts, with wounds, shame, depression, anxiety. We, 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 can, we can be crippled by wrong patterns of thinking that we, we can't seem to beat, that we can't seem to get a hold of in our lives. I think about this woman who was suffering for 18 years. Can you just imagine her life for a moment? It's one thing to have an illness for a week or a month, for a few months, but, but for 18 years, this particular woman suffered. Can you imagine what that did to her mind? Can you imagine what that did to her heart? No doubt she would have said in her own, in, in her own heart, in her own mind, she would have said, there's no way I'll ever be free. This is my lot in life. There's no hope for me. And there may be some of you who've walked into church this morning and you, and you feel like there's no hope for whatever it is that you're going through. For whatever it is that you've been battling with or dealing with in your own life, it's been a long period of time and, and you've kind of got to a point in your life where you're just saying, well, this is it. This is as good as it's going to get. You've given up on your life being different, on your marriage being different. You've given up on thinking that you could live a normal life. 
If that's you today, I want you to know, come on, that we serve a God that not only heals us physically, we also serve a God that can heal our hearts, that can heal our minds. In the name of Jesus. Jeremiah said, but I will restore you to health. What a a great scripture. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. We can be sick physically, but we can also be sick in our emotions. And God says, and and I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are caught an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. Not only can we be crippled physically and emotionally, we can also be crippled spiritually. Bible tells us that we're not only physical beings, we are also emotional and, and spiritual beings. And the text is really clear here that this woman had a spiritual condition. I want you to kind of think about who's actually writing the text. This is actually Luke who's writing the text. Luke was a medical doctor and he says, and there was a woman there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. In case there was any doubt, later in the text it says, then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free from what bound her? I want to say something really important here because uh, I, I think this is, this is crucial. In the, ch- in, the ch- in the modern church, we no longer believe um, in the devil or in evil spirits necessarily. They were there in the New Testament. We understand that they were doing all kinds of stuff in the New Testament, but we're not even sure that if they're really around today anymore. And I want you to know that simply isn't true. I don't want to focus on what the enemy's doing. Can I hear an amen? But neither do I want to say, and neither do I want to say that behind every sickness is some kind of a spirit. I don't want, I don't want us to think that or even believe that even this morning. But what I do want to say is that we are involved in a spiritual battle. And we, we as a church of Jesus Christ need to be aware of the battle that we are facing in our own hearts and in our own lives behind many of the battles we face, be they physical, emotional, psychological, in our families, in our marriage, in our children. We think it's just physical issue, but behind it, often there can be some kind of a spirit. It can be the enemy trying to attack us in some way or another. Here was this woman that was bent over and then in the natural, it looked like the problem was physical. It looked like she had a back problem. It looked like all she needed really was a good physio, a good chiropractor, you know, maybe a little bit of calcium and you know, the situation would have been resolved. But this was not a physical problem. It was a spiritual problem. Whatever it is that's bringing you down, you need to know that at at the core of it is a spiritual attack. It's the enemy that wants to bring us down. It's the enemy that wants to hold us down. It's the enemy that wants to limit our potential and stop us from being who he has called us to be. Whenever you feel discouragement, whenever you feel depressed and hopeless, always remember it's it's a strategy of the enemy to bring us down. It's a spirit of heaviness. How do we deal with the spirit of heaviness? Well, the, the, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that Jesus came to give us the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. There are times where we can go through situations where, where a spirit of, of heaviness, a spirit of depression or discouragement kind of comes over you. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it certainly happened to me where this, it's kind of like this dark cloud that seems to come over you. And suddenly as you're looking at the situations or whatever it is you might be facing, it just seems like all doom and gloom. It just seems hopeless. How do we deal with that? The Bible tells us that God has given us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. One of the greatest things that we can do as we see that spirit begin to come over us is begin to worship and to praise God. 
We don't spend 15, 20 minutes in a service worshiping just to fill in time. We believe that there's power as we begin to worship God. We believe that something can happen as we begin to worship God. As we begin to declare praises in the name of Jesus, then the enemy can't stand an atmosphere of praise. And we need to understand that there are times when we can be influenced by, by, by spirits that are not of God. The Bible speaks about a spirit of fear. You know, the Bible says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How many people understand that at times we can start to be influenced by a spirit of fear? We're living in a world where, you know, I don't know about you, but I kind of stopped listening to the news because it's always negative. <laughs> it doesn't help me to feel better about myself. I always start to think negative thoughts and terrible. And I'm thinking, why do I need to listen to this, really? It's just garbage, really. And we need to be careful. We're living in this COVID season and, you know, we can start to listen to the news of what's happening in this part of the world and, and that part of the world and the other part of the world. And, and I don't want to make any, any, any comments, but, you know, the media is not going to tell you all the people that have had the vaccine and it's going really, really well for them. They're always going to pick that one or two or five or 10, whatever it is, that it's not going well. And they're the ones that they're going to focus on and that's what they're going to report. And if we're not, if we're not careful, we just let, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't get the vaccine. Don't go, don't, it's your choice. <laughs> so please don't, 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 Pastor Joe said, I didn't say. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, as, as we listen to all of all, all this negativity, we can start to worry and we can start to think. And what can happen is we can start to be influenced by a spirit of fear. And we need to be careful of that. It can start to affect how we think. It can start to affect, you know, how we, how, how we think, what we do in our lives. I, I'm all for social distancing, all, all about doing the right thing. But we need to be careful that we don't allow a spirit of fear to begin to influence our lives. The Bible speaks about a spirit of pride, a spirit of deception that can come over our lives where we start to call black, white and white, black. Where at one point in our lives, we were very clear about what was right and wrong. But then, but then a spirit of deception or somehow we open the door to a spirit of deception and suddenly we start to call white black and black white. We can be influenced by a religious spirit, a spirit of lust, a spirit of rejection, a controlling manipulative spirit and of course, a spirit of infirmity. The Bible speaks about this and we, we, we need to understand that we can be influenced by this. So we can be crippled physically, we can be crippled emotionally, and we can be crippled spiritually. Question is, how do we deal with that? Well, the text continues and says, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward. I love, I love the phrase because there was Jesus, he was speaking to a crowd there that was there, but Jesus saw her. He kind of fixes his eyes on her. He fixes his eyes on one individual. I want you to know that Jesus sees you and me that you're not forgotten by God, that Jesus knows your name, that Jesus knows your pain, that Jesus hears the cries of your heart. He knows what you're going through. I want you to know He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And the Bible calls her forward and, 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 and she comes to Jesus. And when she comes to Jesus, He says to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Listen, it doesn't matter if our sickness is physical, emotional or spiritual. Pastor Joe, is it this or is, how do I know if it's, it doesn't really matter the source of where it comes from. The greatest thing that we can do, whatever it is, is bring it to Jesus. The answer to be found in whatever kind of crippling we have in our life is in the presence of God. It's in the presence of Jesus. Allow Jesus to minister to our deepest needs. 
And here was this woman who was facing a situation. Notice the characteristic. It was long-standing, 18 years. It was debilitating. She couldn't straighten up. And there was nothing she could do about it. I love that because there are times in our lives where there's nothing we can do about what's happening in our own lives. There's nothing we can do. And, and, and I love that because when we get to the end of our lives, the greatest thing we can do is, is, is bring it before Jesus. Her situation seemed hopeless, but Jesus was in the house. There was no remedy for what she was going through. There was, there was Dr. Luke said, there's nothing else I can do for you. But Jesus was in the house. There was a specialist in the house. There was a doctor of doctors in the house who specialised in this kind of condition. Problem looked like it was impossible. But Jesus was in the house. I, I want you to know today that whatever it is that you're going through, the answer is Jesus. And the answer is to be found in the presence of Jesus. Some of you are going, Pastor Joe, you know, it's just, it's just rhetoric. It's just, it's a good cliche. It's not just a good cliche. It's a reality. It's a reality. It's a reality. The writer of the Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's why every time we gather together as a church, we need to worship Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, glorify Jesus, exalt the name of Jesus, speak about Jesus because Jesus is our healer. He's our redeemer, the one who sets us free. He's the glory and the, and the lifter of my head. You know, one of the things I, I love about this church is, is that the history, you know, we heard a little bit of the history today, but, but you know, all of the leaders of, of, of the past have always had one thing in mind, and that is to glorify Jesus Christ. It's never been a, about an individual. It's never been about a, the name of a church. It's never, it's never been about this. It's always been about glorifying Jesus Christ. And when Jesus is central, God begins to move. Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. How we need Jesus to be with us. We need him here because he's the only one. He's the healer. He's the restorer of our soul. Third thing that struck me in the story is that the healing was no, no struggle. Here was this woman that was in the synagogue. Who knows how long she'd been going? We don't know. 18 years, perhaps every, all, all of those 18 years she was attending the synagogue. Her condition did not stop her from going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. She was there. And the text says, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward. Notice, Jesus saw her, he calls her forward, and then he heals her. Notice how easy it was. <laughs> this wasn't complicated, you know what I'm saying? Um, so many people think that when it comes to faith, you've got to work it up, you know what I mean? You've got to shout, you've got to get into the zone. The reason why you still are in that condition is because you haven't, haven't really tapped into, you know, faith, you know. Sometimes we think it's the louder, uh, the more intense you are, the more likely the miracle is going to happen and kind of got to get into a frenzy of some description. Now you just need to uh, kind of just imagine here the scene for a moment. Jesus calls her. Je Jesus calls out to her. He says, woman, just, just come forward. And she's not healed yet. Her condition is still the same. She's still bent over. All she had was a word from Jesus. 
And so she had. All she had was a word. Woman, just come forward. People say, Pastor Joe, how can I have more faith? The basis for faith is hearing the word of God and then just simply obey. D.O. Moody said this, some say that faith is the gift of God. So is the air, but you have to breathe it. So is bread, but you have to eat it. So is water, but you have to drink it. Some are wanting some miraculous kind of feeling. That's not faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that is when faith comes. It's not for me to sit down and wait for faith to come over, over me with a strong sensation, but it is for me to take God at his word. And then he put his hands on her and immediately, immediately, she straightened up and prays. I like that. We have all these pre preconceived ideas about how God works. We have all these preconceived ideas about how God needs to function in our lives and what God needs to do in our life. But this, this situation, this, on this particular Sabbath, it, it just seemed very simple. I pray that God would speak to us today. I, I pray that God would, would set us free today in the name of Jesus. David himself was in a difficult situation one time and, and he writes a psalm. He writes Psalm 3. He says, Lord, how they've increased to trouble me. Many are those who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cry to the Lord with my voice. And he heard me from his holy hill. We used to sing a song like that. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Here was this woman for 18 years. She had this infirmity, this sickness. Maybe there are people here today going through some kind of debilitating issue. I don't know what it is. It might be physical. It could be emotional. It could even be spiritual. The good, the good news is that Jesus is in the house. Can I hear an amen? The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I, I pray that we would reach out to Jesus. And He's inviting us. He's inviting us to come forward. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying just come to me. He's saying, just come to me. And just like he ministered to this woman, my prayer is that he's going to minister to us today. My prayer today is that as we break bread, as we take these simple emblems, as we come to Jesus, that he would minister to us as he did to this woman. Can I hear an amen? If you've gathered to meet with me, you're going to be very disappointed. If you've gathered to just meet in a church because it's because of the name, you're going to be really disappointed. But if we've gathered to meet Jesus, if we, if we reach out to Christ in faith, I believe something can happen even this morning in Jesus' name. I love communion. One of the reasons why I love communion because it's an opportunity to connect with Christ, to connect with Christ. And there, and there are some of you going through things facing certain challenges in your life that you've kind of said to yourself, there's nothing else I can do. What a great opportunity to bring it before Christ. 
and say, Lord, would you, would you, would you help me? What, why, why do we gather on a Sunday morning? I tell you why we gather on a Sunday morning. We ultimately gather to meet with Jesus and to allow Him to minister into our lives. I pray, my prayer is, that what happened to this woman would happen to us too this morning in the name of Jesus, by His grace and for His glory. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing.